The statistics paint a grim picture. The implications for business are even grimmer. Since the first quarter of 2022, by the expanded definition of youth unemployment, which includes discouraged work seekers, those who have given up the job search, that figure has gone up by 7%. Now that's at least 1.5 million more young people aged between 15 and 34 who have given up the job search. That's two out of three young people. Or put in better context, 7.5 million young people are unemployed. That's 7.5 million people who almost certainly do not have access to buy any of your products or services and probably won't have access to these for years to come or maybe never. That's 7.5 million young, capable and dynamic people who are not contributing to the economy or paying taxes. Welcome to Building the Future, a special podcast on Investech Focus Radio. I'm Ayabong Atzawe. I'm a development economist and managing director at Klesibe Holdings. And joining me to make sense of uh, what lies under the bonnet of some of these grim statistics is the CEO of YES, Ravi Naidu, also joined by Leslie Ann Gatta, the head of people and organization at Investec South Africa. Leslie Ann and Ravi, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Now, Ravi, let me maybe start off with you and uh, as we dive straight into it, um, for some positive news maybe to, I guess, temper the somberness of all of those numbers. What is the Youth Employment Service? What is YES and how is it making sure that it gets more and more young people into meaningful work opportunities and gets them participating in the economy? Uh, thanks, Ayabonga. YES stands for the Youth Employment Service, and it's a completely private sector funded and private sector led initiative. And as such, it's the largest jobs impact program of its kind in the country. You know, it's not a magic bullet but it makes a very strong contribution from the private sector uh, side to resolving the problem of uh, youth unemployment. Uh, the focus is to get young people into their first job, and in particular, the first private sector-related job. So it's not a public employment program. This is a private sector employment program, and is really there to make people or young people more employable in the private sector. And... Um, Perhaps let me explain. So, so in terms of, I mean, how does it work in practice? So YES works with the private sector to create the uh, 12-month work experiences for unemployed youth, where our focus is on the quality of that experience. And in return for sponsoring these youth jobs, the sponsoring companies receive one or two levels up on their BE scorecard. So, you know, you go up from a level six, for example, to a level four uh, BE company. And then YES certifies, and that's important, that the companies did what they said uh, they would do. And we, we, we find that most companies in YES are doing it for BE purposes, but some join because they can see it fits into their ESG or their sustainability strategies. And then the next part, I suppose, of the introduction that's important is where do these youth then get employed? So the youth get jobs in the sponsoring companies, which gives them really valuable work experience. Uh, sometimes we find a company says, look, we, we, we really want to be a sponsor, but we don't have the HR space in our company to host the youth. And in that case, YES has a turnkey solution where we have a number of verified host partners who can uh, host these young people, giving them also very, you know, very valuable experience. Uh, you know, so Stats SA put some figures out last month that in fact validated the whole purpose of YES. And what they showed is that the most important factor for a young person in South Africa to successfully transition into employment 
It's whether they have some prior work experience. So what StatsAsia found was that a person is seven times more likely to get a permanent job in the private sector once they have had some prior work experience. Now, the problem, yes, you're solving is where does that first experience come from, right? You need prior experience to get a permanent job. Where does that first experience come from? So yes, solves that problem because it, it's there to give youth their first work experience. And, and particularly because it's in the private sector. And we think the private sector experience is probably the most experience you can get from the employment side. So that's really the, the I suppose, the intro for, for, for years. And Ravi, how long have you been at it? And um, I mean, just in that journey, what are some of the sort of results that you're starting to see? Um, and of course, it might be quite early on in the journey. Um, but what are the results that you're seeing in so far as one, giving young people a leg up, that first opportunity in the labor market and potentially in the private sector or in any of your, uh, you know, vetted sponsor hosts? So, yes, it's quite a new uh, program. It's effectively kicked off just before the COVID pandemic got underway. So it started a couple of years before that. It was developed out of a thing called the CO Initiative, where a number of prominent CEOs in the private sector were really putting their heads together. You know, what can they do to address the country's largest problems? You know, about 2017 or so. And at the top of that was list was obviously youth unemployment. And then they had to get some regulatory uh, incentive support. So it really started in 2019, effectively, which is just before COVID. And about 2,000 companies have partnered since then. So a lot of key corporates. You know, so it came at a time when I suppose that Africa needed every job it could get. And going at about 2,000 to 3,000 new youth jobs per month. It's created since then about 82,000 quality work experiences for unemployed youth. It's paid out as salaries to these youth up till now about 4.6 billion rand. So that's over the last three years. And, uh, and, 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 and because it's private sector focused, we know that a lot of these young people are going to go on to become quite important professionals in their own right for the country. And many of them are going to start their own businesses in the future. So the multiplier effect or impact of the program will be huge. And that's why I said it's great that we, we have this private sector focus. So, this year, it's also dependent a little bit on economic growth because the more economic growth, the more there's space to absorb jobs. But all of this is happening in the context of very low economic growth, as you know. So we're quite happy with the impact we've got. And we, we do then look at what happens to our alumni and which sectors they go to. But on the whole, we, we, we're quite happy that these are jobs mostly in very future-facing sectors and, and these are future-facing jobs. Yeah, notwithstanding, of course, all of those, you know, limitations that are associated with um, low economic growth um, and the impact that that has on, you know, uh, growing employment at a firm level. Um, all of the successes you make mention of, I mean, wh what would you attribute those to? What have you done in your view with hindsight correctly that uh, has accounted for these successes um, and potentially what might lay the basis for scaling some of these successes to reach more young people? So, yes, so, so I think we're quite happy that we're achieving this number of jobs despite the COVID lockdowns. The fact that economic growth has been, uh, as, as you say, you know, low or even negative. And, and overall, you know, it's, it's, so you've got to see it in the context that the, where the economy has been losing jobs, uh, I mean, worldwide, but South Africa in particular has had problems 
you know, preceding, uh, you know, the last 10 years, essentially. In terms of these 3,000 jobs a month, we think the, the some of the factors that have been important is the private sector is being made aware that something has to be done. So the fact that this, that yes, comes out of the private sector has made it much more easier for us to engage with corporate leaders on the importance of the program. So, so a lot of it is really around the lobbying uh, work with corporates to engage. And I think the penny has dropped in terms of understanding that youth are the future workers, they are the future consumers, but you still have to make a commercial case for individual businesses. Because in the, you know, obviously businesses are not there as charities, they're there to, you know, run, run, run a going concern. And that's where we've had to work to get the yes incentive. So the yes incentive, which is the B incentive I mentioned before, it's very important uh, because it, it's it's something that a company can value for commercial purposes. It helps them, you know, get contracting in the country, and it ties the youth jobs into a, into a proper proposition for them. So we are working on uh, making sure we get further incentives. B is a good start, but we're looking. We work with the government at further incentives, particularly that can support the ESG side as well. I think what has been a further help to us is the youth themselves, right? So, you know, so Africa's youth are aware of what needs to be done. I think everyone wants, you know, they, they know they need to have jobs uh, and they just need the opportunity to prove themselves. And what we found is in the way we select the youth, we are really selecting, I suppose, uh, some of the more dynamic youth in the country. They either are employable uh, beyond the program or they're going in to start their own SMEs uh, sort of thing. So, so we're finding you know, good, good traction on that. I think what has also helped us is we have a very good relationship with the government, even though we are not funded by the government. You know, yes, doesn't get one rand from the government, but we are working with the other youth programs in terms of collaboration and so on. So, as, as you were saying earlier, you know, there, there's millions, seven and a half million people who don't have a job. It's not the job of yes to find jobs for all of those people, but we just target on that particular segment of youth who can go into the private sector that have an impact. Uh, I think the last thing perhaps that's really worked for us is we have been focusing on placing youth in future-facing industries. You know, there's two ways to approach jobs. The one is you can try to deal with the jobs we've had which is a bit like chasing the bus. And the other is you can anticipate where the labor market is going and you kind of be at the bus stop before the bus arrives. So we've been looking at where are jobs going to be going. So we're spending a lot of time now on programs for drone pilots, coders, creative industries, you know, things where we know that's where the world economy is going. Mm. Thank you so much for that, uh, Ravi. And I guess, I mean, the importance of partnership is, is something that you underscore a lot there, not only just with uh, government, but also with the corporations that lie at the center of, yes, as a private sector led, private sector funded initiative of getting young people into work. And, and we're fortunate today to have one of those corporations with us uh, for this discussion. And uh, we're joined by Leslie Ann Gatta, who's the head of people and organization at Investec South Africa. Leslie, Investex been on board with Yes from the start. And uh, Ravi did indicate, of course, things started out in 2018, but really started out in earnest in 2019. You've been part of that journey and the evolution of the program since. Uh, how has that gone for you? 
Thanks so much. It's so good to to be with you uh, today and to talk about something that we are as an organization so very passionate about. That is the YES program uh, and, of course, youth, youth employment. So you're right. We've been uh, involved from the very beginning. Stephen Kossif, our founder, uh, was also the founder of the, of the YES initiative along with Colin Coleman as part of the CEO initiative. And so we've been on board since March 2018. Uh, we were the first, if not... Uh, one of the first uh, companies to sign up. And I guess we said yes to yes early on uh, in the game. Uh, some of our first cohort of Yes Youth attended the launch with Cyril Ramaphosa and they got to meet the president and be in a, a very uh, luxurious a space which was just like transformative for them and really introduced uh, the nature of the program. I think we have gone from strength to strength in this program, uh, we've seen, yes, the, that there's been incentive for, for us to do it from, uh, as Ravi says, the scorecard point of view, and also from how we've attributed uh, the work to our SDGs and the work on, uh, on you know, environment, social and governance. But yeah, it's just the, the actual incentive, like Ravi says, of the youth themselves that have really driven us to progress this, this program uh, and do more. Yeah. Leslie, I mean, even those, I guess, who have gone through your program, who probably didn't immediately get into a post-yes job. Um, the point Ravi was making early on around signaling. I mean, it's, it's a particular signal to say you've gone through a private sector-led program um, that that a lot of prospective employers are also quite interested in. And uh, as as you suggest, it makes them, you know, multiple times more employable. Talk to us about that. And I guess, you know, where, where also you've had the opportunity to place some of the uh, participants uh, in the program at Investec. Okay, so it's worth saying that we've placed over 2,300 young people uh, in quality work experiences over the past four years. It's translated to close to 10 million rand in yes youth salaries. Uh, and we've injected all of this into local economies, which I'll talk to a little bit in terms of how we've positioned uh, our program and its proximity to Investec. I'm really happy to say that around 50% of those YES youth have gone on to find permanent employment. And so we've had a really high absorption rate. And those who weren't, like you say, immediately employed still have had the CV uh, and the reference letter and the year of work experience, like Ravi says, uh, by status A, to really progress where they can land land up. So we know that we've made those those youth so much more employable than they would have been before. I also have to say that I have so much sympathy for the program as well being impacted by COVID uh, and this pandemic. And I, I feel our own program was impacted by COVID. So if it hadn't been for this massive pandemic disruption, uh, I feel that we could have, as a country, as a program, and also as Investec, done even more uh, in the context of absorption. So also, like Ravi mentioned, Investec's program has not been based entirely in the organization. In fact, the majority of our YES youth that we've employed at the maximum number uh, as per the program requirements have been outside of the organization. We have had those future-facing career pieces. We have had some IT programs and IT youth based inside the organization, but primarily the majority of our people have been uh, placed in programs that we have material interests in, and then we've added the, the youth employment program to it. So there's two things I have to say about that. The one thing has been we've gone where we believe South Africa's biggest problems are. We've gone into conservation and rhino uh, protection. We've gone into hospitality in the Mpumalanga area. We've gone heavily into uh, early childhood development and uh, really empowering ECD centers. So we've seen where South Africa's big 
big problems are and uh, where we could make the most impact by putting and creating jobs. But importantly, we've also tried to create ecosystems in those spaces and places. So we've seen that where we're injecting money into doing water towers in an area and we can create youth employment and we can put in a conservation program, we can create a multidisciplined approach. And I would encourage corporates to think about the way in which you can impact through ecosystem and put yes alongside or in the middle of, of that initiative because then the permanent employment and the job opportunities and the job creation is just exponential. And we've seen that firsthand. You've also done some, some work with uh, non-profit organizations and placing a lot of these young work seekers in small and medium-sized enterprises, uh, which has certainly, I guess, had a very positive impact on those enterprises and those non-profit organizations as well. Yeah, that's right. So we've taken uh, NPOs and small businesses who in the course of business either wouldn't participate in YES because they don't have the resources or they just don't have you know, the ambit to do it, but they do definitely have the work experience uh, for youth. So we've sponsored the placement of YES youth in nonprofits and in small businesses in high impact sectors across the country. Youth can work in roles that directly build their communities. Uh, and we have many examples. Care for Wild, the Sabi Sands Bonani Trust, the Good Work Foundation are all based in Pumalanga around the Bushback Ridge area. And they focus on tourism and, as I said, the anti-rhino poaching. Uh, we've worked heavily with the Artisan Development Academy uh, in Durban, but it has branches across the country where we have youth training to be artisans, which has been a massive job uptake uh, and we've seen amazing little SMEs or you know small businesses and entrepreneurs arise in township spaces where uh, they're using their skills to run their own businesses um, in mechanics um, and small appliance uh, re repair uh, and we worked heavily also with the Click Foundation in Gauteng where we placed youth in disadvantaged schools to assist with literacy program and the adoption of English post grade three AFGRI has also been a good partner of ours based in various Gauteng townships where our youth train community members to grow vegetable gardens and hydroponics in old shipping containers that we've repurposed to become bakeries and, and other uh, you know employment spaces. Some of our youth also work to sell chickens and eggs. They do big pizzas in agriculture. As I mentioned earlier, we work with Ort SA in, Cape, in the Cape to do teacher training assistance specifically for ECD, for those early childhood development centers. And one of our most exciting projects by far is with Pele. Uh, it's based in Tosrafia in the Western Cape. And we train youth to work in hydroponic farms through the YES employment and then on to more extensive learnerships. Uh, and to the ecosystem point, Pele is a beautiful example of that where we have uh, our power and infrastructure teams investing massively in uh, renewable energy there, huge solar plants. So we yeah, we funded a black-owned company to buy a majority stake in a solar plant in Tosrafia. And as part of the community upliftment in the area, we granted the same organization 8 million rand to start hydroponic farms with committed offtake agreements. Uh, in addition to this, approximately 20 of our YES youth from the community work the hydroponic farms in a rotational basis. And in February this year, we also launched, launched a disabled learnership for 30 individuals from the surrounding communities in partnership with the National Institute uh, of the Deaf. This demonstrates beautifully how we've managed to create a massive impact on changing a single community. Uh, and we're looking to replicate this in other impoverished areas across SA. What, what I find so interesting, uh, you know, Leslie, with what you've said, and I think it chimes in with what Ravi was saying earlier on, 
the importance, even as you've designed and rolled out these programs, of partnership, be it with AFGRI, be it with other corporations, uh, you know, within your own ecosystem. And in this case, also partnerships and collaborations within Investec, other units that are doing different parts of work and really trying to make that a coherent role. How important is that? And I guess, is that the kind of, you know, best practice you might want to share with uh, many of uh, the private sector companies that might be part of YES and, and those that are prospectively set to join YES? Yeah, I would say that it's been the big differentiator in our work and that it would enable us to continue the work irrespective of the incentive uh, from a BE side, although that should not be discarded for its importance. It is it is important. And like Ravi said, the commercial gain is material. Uh, the truth is we we haven't we have participated on our full allocation through the years, but we haven't actually ever needed the incentive from from the scorecard. So we, we've done it for other reasons because exactly like you're saying, it makes so much sense. So we would say that is best practice that the building of ecosystems in line with your commercial gains and your commercial um, objectives are significant. So where we've worked with anti poaching of Rhino, we've worked with our sustainability area. They look after our environmental impact initiatives and we've worked closely to partner there. What are you busy with and how can we enable you? We've got this money to spend. We've got these jobs to create. How can we enable you? Working with uh, business areas like a hotel school or an artisan development academy, we've got equity stakes in these initiatives, which is purely for commercial gain and uh, empowerment financing. How can we further enable them by either placing grants in there and then job creation too? So I would say you'll never forego the project and you'll never forego the work and the the value of it will be so significant to you when you hook it up and you you make it you know you really entrench it and embed it in the work of your business units uh, your commercial engagements and then also your your other CSR initiatives and sustainability initiatives yeah yeah thank you so much for that Leslie and Ravi let me bring you back in here because i i do think a big part of what Leslie Ann is speaking to is is not just on this question of partnerships, but approaching this in a very multidimensional way. You spoke earlier on about the turnkey solutions, how businesses who might not be able to absorb many of these young work seekers into their places of work uh, might still be able to you know, support, they might be able to do something to help, they might still want to benefit uh, from the you know, uh, benefits associated with the YES package. Talk to us about that, the vetting of host partners, uh, but also, I guess, why that is a favorable one-stop shop for many uh, firms that would like to participate. Right. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that. So, so the turnkey solution, uh, as we call it. So, right now, yes, is working with thirty-three host partners that we have vetted and we monitor them, and throughout the country, and they are in different sectors. So, one of the advantages is we then identify, as I'm saying, key sectors uh, for the future or for impact, so like the digital space. And then we, we have a number of those partners are in the digital space, IT, coding, a whole range of things that we think will make people employable. Healthcare, education, as you said, uh, as uh, Leslie's talking about, you know, conservation and environment and so on. So we have a number of those sectors and uh, generally it's your 4IR, green, IT, uh, or social uh, social care, which we all think have you know legs for the future. So that's the first thing, and we we have those thirty three, but we're also looking at uh, making changes to that throughout uh, you know the time period because we're always looking for 
who are the other partners out there that have a very high impact, that have a very good track record in terms of, you know, uh, program management and, uh, you know, youth, youth programs in particular, and, um, and have the right regional, I suppose, reach. So, so that number changes. We have dropped one or two partners we thought weren't doing enough uh, in terms of impact over the years, and we've put, brought on a few. We'll probably end up with about 40 partners uh, in the next year and a half in total. So there's quite a good selection and they cover the country. The other thing is what that does is these partners uh, work for companies that really can't handle all the administration because the partner takes over the role of administrator of the program. So it's a corporate, you want to sponsor, but you don't want to do the administration. The partner is really doing the recruitment and we do that with our other partners in terms of sayouth.mobi. So there's a huge national program and we, we select the best people from that in terms of recruiting. We, we, we also do the screening then the hosting of the youth the supervising of the youth, as well as looking at how to facilitate their next steps. As you know, you heard from Leslie, 50% absorbed. We aim for even higher. So we look at where the youth going to go at the end in terms of jobs or SMEs and so on. So all of that is done. And then what the turnkey solution with, with these partners that you have to support implementation, what, what that also does, it helps us structure ESG strategies and reporting for the corporate. So I'll give you an example. We have a mining partner that is supporting about 700 uh, youth and they can't host them all in the mine because mines are very specific requirements. So they, but they have an interest in helping local towns because by, by law and by mining charter, you must help local towns. So we said, okay, fine. Let's put a lot of these youth in healthcare programs, doing a lot of administration work in local town clinics. How does that help the mine? Because what we found, we can come up with very clear measurable outcomes in terms of what the youth have contributed to in the healthcare, uh, in terms of the healthcare space. So the youth work in the clinics and what we found is that in those clinics, uh, the number of, or the percentage of missed appointments by local residents has dropped from 50% to 10%. Why? Because the youth are doing the follow-up and all the administration work, people don't miss their appointments. What we've also found because they're working in a, uh, with a particular filing and administration methodology, that the queuing time in these clinics has dropped from two hours to 10 minutes. Because when you walk in, there's your file, it's ready, everything, you know. So it just makes the clinics much more efficient. It helps the local town and you can write it up in your ESG report. So one is that you create a job. Two is there's a health impact, which is very uh, sustainable development goal, ESG. And third, the person has actually been doing very valuable work in the clinic uh, in terms of administration and uh, sometimes in terms of being trained to do certain health activities in the clinic. They can now go on and they're much more uh, employable. Yeah, and I guess they would also learn in that process just, you know, how the health system works and a lot of transferable skills they would learn there. Yes, yeah, so, so I can just, in, in one case, I went to one of these and the site visit to one of these facilities and you couldn't tell the difference between the youth who is on this program and the male nurse. This guy is sitting in the, you know, in, in the reception room. He's taking down all the details. He's writing it up. And I thought, so where's the youth that I'm supposed to see? They said, no, that's the guy. I said, oh, really? I thought he, would, he was like the fully qualified health professional. He was more or less running the whole reception. 
And it was quite a big facility. And I thought, wow, okay, this is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me. I mean, I place myself in the shoes of many sort of unemployed young work seekers. Um, how do I access the program? But more importantly, what benefits does me in all of my job search activities? And we, we heard the stat earlier on about discouraged work seekers. Um, in the work search, um, you know, what does the program have for me as a young unemployed work seeker? So the way to access the program um, is uh, there's two ways to access the program. The one is you can just go to uh, yesforyouth.co.za, which is the website for Yes itself. The other is uh, you would go to sayouth.mobi, which is the national database. So we do that uh, ourselves as Yes, but we work with Harambi and the NYDA and you know, all the other organizations that you know, but it's it's really run as a joint joint initiative. And, and then, you know, that's a zero rated platform and you would find a way to us because we would be listed as under that. That's the way. So that's, that's the simple way to get on. We, as we say, you know, we can't accommodate millions and millions of people. They go to various programs, but from that site, you'd find a lot of learnerships and training and other things. But we, we only take the youth that really fit into our corporate partner proposition. So, you know, the, the ones that will work for the corporate in this particular area and, and, and the type of youth that we want. And then how the youth would obviously benefit. Um, so the one is, you know, clearly you're getting a paid job. And as I said, you know, we, up to now it's 4.6 billion. This year, we're gonna give out another, pay out another 2 billion rand in salaries this year alone. And we, we give, you know, a particular preference to to people who are coming from households that really are in need. About ninety percent of the youth in our programs come from you know households that are dependent on government grants. As I say, part of what makes people more employable is to have this prior work experience. But what what we give is we we also ensure that everyone who's who's done the program you know they leave with a, a proper cv a reference letter linked to the employment program you know the completion certificates all the things that show you that that you've really done a good job uh, in in the program and we would we would ideally be looking to place you in you know with key corporates and key sectors right so the so the job in you know as a coder or in last mile delivery so so everyone in our program would would also get a smartphone and the smartphone with zero rate applications. And so, and the reason why we give everyone in our program a smartphone or ensure they have one is because that's the way of work. You have to be able to use a smartphone to assist you, you know, in whatever job you do. So, so you are skilled as much as possible uh, in, that, in that program. So the kind of, I'll, I'll give you some examples of maybe some of the youth have been in the program and, you know, I mean, where they go. In fact, just before we, we, we got on this call, uh, we, we were talking to on our drones program, a young chap named Sean. He was a young engineer, didn't really have a job, but he was very keen. Uh, he, he got into a drone program. The partner was uh, Transnet and Google. And he got, uh, in, at the end of the program, uh, a commercial drones, a pilot's license. So he's now, he's, he's got a CAA, you know, license. He can do beyond visual line of sight work with the drone. You know, the, so the drone goes further than you can see it. You can just imagine it going down the railways, checking out the railway infrastructure, put infrastructure, makes you super employable. 
So now he's a drone pilot, but he's now started his own drone company and he employs a few other guys and they're working supporting the mining industry. So, you know, a couple of years ago, 2019, he was just a sort of engineer. With, he's had some engineering qualifications, no job. Now he's running a drone company uh, doing contracts with mines. We, we have someone who, who, you know, so I look at the second person, we, we, uh, a chap called As, uh, Asanda who didn't have a degree, but very creative, ended up doing some creative marketing work. This year, he's got his own uh, marketing company and uh, photography and he's employing four people, and one of his clients is is Beyonce's uh, business interests in South Africa. So you know, I mean, super. So we actually had him at one of our uh, uh, programs recently, and then someone was pointing out. Uh, they said, "Oh no, that's that's his company." I said, "No, I thought it was him." They said, "No, he's too busy now. Uh, that's one of his guys." <laughs> And a couple of years ago, you know, he was just some very yeah, wow. cool guy, but he didn't have the experience and, and, you know, and the support. And so, 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 you know, essentially we will see quite a few thousand people from our program go into that space and they're going to grow their businesses. And those are the guys who take South Africa forward. Ravi, you know, it's so interesting just with the two examples that you've made, um, because I guess in a way it also complements the expansion of your own reach into many townships, I mean, through your hubs and places like Tembisa, uh, which in effect give a training leg that is closer to where these young people are in many of their communities. Talk to us about that and I guess the kind of things young people are trained in, in the hubs that you have. Um, and uh, I guess as a, another element to uh, the work of the Youth Employment Service. Yes, so we have three hubs at the moment in Tembisa, in Alexandra and in uh, Soldana Bay in the uh, Western Cape. These hubs give YES a strong community presence. They also help us with our training and SME development programs. So even though SME development programs are not our a traditional uh, focus, we, we are really focusing more on these now and into the future because we think they can absorb a lot of jobs. So youth can register at these hubs and they can access training programs, uh, work opportunities, there's a lot of networking with companies who, who are located there or come past there. And you can also access a lot of career and enterprise development advice. Uh, we find that the hubs, because they're physical structures, they really can play the role of shared infrastructure facilities. So, for example, you know, we have very large and well-equipped kitchens, like you find in a restaurant. And uh, local catering small businesses, you know, they can come and book these kitchens to prepare food for their various catering contracts. So it really saves these small businesses, these startups, the cost of investing in their own kitchen until they're ready to do so. So the hubs really let us provide that sort of shared physical infrastructure. So that, that, that is really helpful from a local economic development point of view. A number of our partners are actually stationed at these hubs, almost like a kiosk style. You know, they have offices there, some of them. So these partners are always there to play some support role right throughout the week for whoever comes in. Uh, in terms of training that we offer uh, the youth at the hubs, um, the types of training we offer include digital literacy courses, cybersecurity, app development and website development. So that's a whole block of sort of IT-focused training. Then we have uh, what they call new venture creation, which is effectively SME sort of entrepreneurial training. And then we have the normal work readiness training, which is just to get someone ready to go into a job. Uh, all of those are very useful training. 
because yes, you know, we we we, we kind of run a very tight financial uh, ship. We finance the costs of these hubs with third-party funding, so we get other people, you know, big donors to basically back us or corporates and so on on the hubs, and that's how we've been able to to run these hubs. Uh, we plan to run hubs in all the metros and certainly all the provinces. So we are currently looking for good local partners that have existing hubs or infrastructure that they think could serve as a yes hub, and then we could invest in those. So that gives us a very scalable, uh, low-cost way to have a network of hubs. So let me just say, anyone out there who thinks they have a potential hub, what's a sponsor hub, please contact us. Sure, sure. So Leslie, Anne, a big part of the work that you're doing as Investec, um, you know, alongside all of the critical areas that you've mentioned, also includes building local and vibrant um, economic ecosystems in communities so that young work seekers and young people don't have to make the massive trek, you know, to other parts of uh, the country to go and find work. Talk to us about some of that work. Thanks so much. There has been such a, that has been such a value add uh, in the program. And one of the principles that we built uh, our strategy on for years was to say that uh, so much of what's good or vibrant does leave uh, a township does leave a rural setting and that if we can create uh, and you know embed uh, vibrancy into the local economy so much more uh, could be done w- with so much more value so we, we have many examples of that I think Ravi's also offered uh, some lovely stories uh, with uh, with specific reference to care for wild uh, we've had uh, several interns who have uh, done the agricultural uh, roles that, that we've placed there and now have offtake agreements with the spa in Malalan uh, in order to meet the requirements of the spa, which is almost, uh, you know, everyday requirements. They've hired several family members into a deliveries business. And so they've empowered another 10 people, the five of them in their, in their now their veggie business, have empowered 10 other people who are now uh, delivery uh, deliveries for them, constantly back and forth to the spa. So that's a good example of how uh, inside, you know, the Bushback Ridge area, right near Malalan, we've been able to work uh, with a partner like Spa, with Care for Wild, uh, but our interns have created jobs for their family uh, members and others who have got licenses and access to vehicles uh, and even been able to purchase a vehicle through the activity. Ravi, just as we wrap up, I think if you can just, you know, restate for us how corporations who might not already be on the platform uh, can engage with Yes, better understand it. And similarly, for many young work seekers uh, who uh, might want to register on uh, the platform, uh, just remind us again how uh, both of those stakeholder groups can do it. Okay. So if you're a corporate, the best way to do it is you go to yesforyouth.co.za. And on that, we have a a whole program where you can work out what you would need to do to join. So that's yes, the number four, uh, youth.co.za. If you're a young person who wants to be in the yes program, then you just go to sayouth.mobi. And there you'd have to register. It's zero rated. So it shouldn't really cost you anything. And that would mean that on that program, we can then access uh, you. Awesome stuff. Ravi, thank you so much. And once again, kudos and congratulations uh, to you and your team out at Yes for the great and remarkable work that you're doing. Similarly, Leslie-Anne Gatter, uh, to you and your team out at Investec, fascinating work that you're doing, fascinating partnerships 
Uh, and long may it continue. And congratulations to yourselves at Investec as well uh, with the successes that you've reached with uh, young work seekers uh, who, uh, I guess, are now being unleashed into uh, the South African economy uh, to great value to all of us. So thank you very much, Leslie Ann, and to you, Ravi, as well. Well, thank you very much, folks, for joining us on Investec Focus Radio. I'm Ayabong Akzawe. And uh, thank you to my guests. Uh, you can subscribe to us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed our discussion, uh, do go on and rate us uh, on any of the platforms where you access your podcasts. Till we meet again, take care. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendations. Investec Limited and subsidiaries, authorized financial service providers, registered credit providers, and long-term insurer.